Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Simply Soccer. I'm your host, Michelle Hootink. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining. And I brought back with me Jamie Bacon and Chris Conway. Hello, hello. What's up? It's just another beautiful day in L.A. And uh, down in SoCal is what I should have said. <laughs> <laughs> we span three counties. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll jump right in and bring people to soccer. So uh, this is covering LA Galaxy. We got a good game against Seattle. I say good because I think Pavon has brought amazing things. And it also could be just because it's so late in the season uh, with playoffs in sight that I think, and the Western Conference being so tight, that now it's like everybody's bringing that fight, that passion. also, I saw some fight and passion last night at League's Cup. Um, I really did see some of the younger guys get a chance, and I think it's really building depth in our team. And uh, Jonathan Dos Santos seems to be back on fire. I mean, he did some sliding tackles, uh, you know, in the late 70th minute that I really thought was amazing against Seattle. And we'll dive into it, but and uh, Legit seems to be doing really well. So, I mean, overall so far... Um, I'm actually pretty happy and pretty proud of this team right now. Yeah, I thought the performance performance against Seattle was kind of that game was weird in a, in, in in a way because you go down a man in the sixth minute, um, and I, I I was a little bit surprised Starrs was mad about that call because it was a pretty obvious denial of a goal scoring opportunity that's going to get you sent off. Um, but maybe he was doing his best uh, Chargers uh, audition with that tackle. Um, <laughs> but. So then the Galaxy go and play 30 minutes of what was kind of arguably the best attacking soccer they've played this season. I mean, Fabio Alvarez was buzzing around the field. Pavon was getting into really aggressive attacking spots. Ibrahimovic had a few looks. And then, you know, they go they go down the goal, which was a goal that I think any team that's down in 10 men is going to concede. Just Jordan Morris simply over the top. There's three men in the back that are trying to track him, and Jordan Morris is talented. And then, you know, gets into an attacking position. Rui Diaz, it, when you put him in the box, he usually finishes those. And then... You know, Ibrahimovic, of course, comes up with that massive goal in the 44th minute, which I thought was kind of a backbreaker for Seattle. Because if you see Seattle's heads, they were kind of dropping at the beginning of the second half. They really didn't have that kind of energy. It, it almost felt like, you know, like, oh, the chance is gone now. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the penalty. Um, and then Ibrahimovic gets that 70, what was it, 74th minute or something like that? And misses a goal that he's scored pretty much every time he's faced it throughout his career. But then, yeah. you know, then Seattle marches down the field, scores, you know, a, a, a relatively nice goal and then you're you kind of say okay well it's a 2-2 draw but there was so much more involved that it almost felt like I don't know if I had to take it and feel like a win or if it felt like a loss considering the Ibrahimovic miss but it felt like a win because you played 84 minutes of of man down soccer and somehow got a point out of it it's 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 a bit of a weird conundrum I, I think def- oh no go for it Jamie I mean, I think it definitely felt more like a win than a loss because you look at what, what the guys did with 10 men. You imagine Steras doesn't go down. We dominate that game from top to bottom. We probably win that game 4-2, 4-1 if we are full strength. I mean, and even being down a man, we didn't look nearly as tired as you thought we would have. No, and, and the way that, I mean, if, if, if Stefan Fry doesn't come up with one of the saves of the season for me on that Pavo and uh, on the half volley, I mean, Steris doesn't get forced in that position. That's a we're very different game, and I, I hate going down into this, the, the what-if rabbit hole, but, I mean, it's kind of what we have to do here. Um, I mean, 
I think when I first left the stadium, I was a little bit frustrated, especially considering how close we were to a 3-1 lead in the, in the 75th minute. You could then, you know, maybe someone, another defender, shut up shop and, and get out of there with three points. But kind of as I got my car, drove back, um, as it was the long two-hour slog back to San Diego, um, <laughs> I kind of, I got out of my car and I was kind of like, we got a point being down a man for 84 minutes. Like, I'm, I'll take that, especially... From a not necessarily a just pure points per game, you know, on field products, whatever, but from a God, that's got to galvanize the locker room a little bit, right? Like, that's got to get the guys all in together. And if you look at the body language of Ibrahimovic, he's not in the past few games, uh, the past two games since Pavone's come into the team, I've never seen Ibrahimovic look this positive in a Galaxy uniform. Like, he's it's no longer like scowling. It's kind of like, all right, you know, that was a good idea. Let's try this, this next time. You know, it, it was a little bit, it seems a little bit more constructive. And I think that's a very interesting kind of thing that, you know, a 24 year old Argentine can kind of bring that out of him. Well, and I also say too, like, this was the level of play and this is what we brought Pavon on. And I know that it's a lot to put on this guy and, and to be honest, like playing and continuing to play in MLS you know, looking long-term, I hope that he can keep this passion, this fire, this uh, everything that he's that he's brought just in the few games that he's played with us. Um, but I, yeah, you're right. Even when, you know, Zlatan's talking to the media, uh, he talks up Pavon and it's like, um, yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, I'm, I am just also like cautiously optimistic, <laughs> not because of the, the, you know, obviously with the talent in our roster and the talent that we see on the pitch and everything, this is kind of what the Galaxy does, you know? Like, they they really show the fight, that spirit, and then, you know, the last two seasons, we just haven't made those playoffs. So, um, you know, looking back on the Seattle game, going through the, mo- the, the motions, you know, you go through all the stages of, like, yeah, you know, you're going down a man and definitely proud of them for playing 84 minutes like they did and in a in a lot of ways it did feel like dropping two points um especially at home especially when it's this late especially when you know the western conference being so tight that you are just really wanting them to nail it and you know it really was just a freak thing bingham had his big saves all night kept it 2-2 to be honest um you know it was just one of those things i mean where he came out too far, sure, but also, like, what are the chances that it's going to smack Shelvick right in the face and then roll right into the goal, you know? That was about so. the most Jorgen Shelvick <laughs> own goal possible. Oh, By the way, just an interesting kind of stat. I know, and I know there's a few, David Bingham is a divisive figure in the galaxy in terms of as goalkeeper quality, but I'm just looking at some stats here. I mean, mm-hmm. 146 shots faced. He's made 109 saves. He leads the league in saves made. He's got eight shutouts. Like, Bingham's not been as bad as I think everyone wants to think he's been. I mean, he's the 146 shots faced is a, is a concern number. He's been busy, but he's been good while he's been busy. I think, you know, just a lot of the goals that he's conceded have either been really fluky one-off chances or it's been his defense has completely abandoned him and left him for dead. Absolutely. Um, definitely consistent with, you know, Galaxy's defense. But again, they stepped it up when it came down to the, to the 10 men. Um, I mean, look, the Seattle... The Seattle side as well. I mean, they they were winless, um, especially at home coming in to us. And you know, um, we're always a tough team to play at home, as well. And uh, I mean, I definitely felt like the Galaxy are playoff ready. Looking at 
at how they defended and the way that Pavon and, like I said, legit and Jonathan Dos Santos, how they how they tore it up. Um, I really, yeah, it was really unfortunate that Zlatan missed that goal, but like, you know, Antuna at least he like he he got it, he got it up there, and I'm not just trying to like reach and like as a Galaxy fan just try to you know, use these things to say, oh yeah, you know, like we're like we're playoff ready, like we can do this. Like I, I really do feel it. Like I really do see it. Like they're like the last few games, I don't feel like it's the same team that I've been watching all season. So this is my uh I, I know Jamie had a had a moment during the World Cup where she had to publicly apologize to Abby Dalcomper. This is my public <laughs> apology to uh, Sebastian Legette. Because I <laughs> We don't, last don't recorded, say it too soon. <laughs> I said that I You know what? That's I know, right? I almost feel like I don't want to jinx anything by like saying stuff, but I needed a change of scenery in order to get back to the form that he had shown earlier in the year. And I this game for me was the game where it felt like Legette is back. And I mean there was moments in that Seattle crowd of the midfield made it really hard for the galaxy to operate through the center of the field and therefore try to force out wide to either on tune or Pavon. Um, which is a valid strategy in order to beat the galaxy because it then requires the galaxy to do what they've normally been doing, which is just feed balls to Ibrahim, which I hope he can get there. Um, but the way that Legette kind of broke that midfield pressure, by the way, his close control through, you know, two, three, four attack or defenders or midfielders was really impressive. And I think that's going to be, you know, I think Legette's played himself back in the starting 11. I think that skill set is really what we've been looking for from a midfielder all season. I don't think Fabio Alvarez necessarily has that close control ability. I think Fabio is a little bit more of a pass and move kind of guy. Um, but I think if Legette can keep up this form, I mean, there's a reason he's on the fringes of the national team. And, and I think if he can keep up this form, he's definitely going to be uh, much more in the consideration. And I, I, I mean, we need players like that through the center of the midfield. I think, you know, Jonathan Dos Santos isn't necessarily that guy. You know, he's more of a hard-charging defensive midfielder. And, you know, Legette's the guy that links between him and and either Fabio or the wings. And I think if, if Legette can keep, I mean, that assist to Ibrahimovic on the first goal was so sweet. But, you know. Oh, yeah, that header that he better was able teams, to get. <sighs> better teams yeah. are not going to give Legette half an acre of space and 20 seconds to pick out the pass. That's, that's also what I was thinking. But, yeah. you know, that's the magic of Legette. And what Legette can do is he's that kind of creative presence um, that I think is going to take the workload off of guys like Fabio Alvarez and Pavon to really help them free up their skill sets. And they're shooting shots. Yes. You know, like the other guys are finally shooting shots, which is something that, you know, I mean, feeding, feeding the ball to Zlatan, as we've seen, um, does work when they can get it right. But at the same time, it's like that doesn't want to be your only strategy. And now I kind of feel like now we've got like a good offense. I think things are starting to finally gel and click. Yeah, especially when Austin Dreamy returns, that's going to be it's we're going to be very tough to play. in terms. That's of the, the other thing. Yeah. Um, another thing that I, I I took away from this game that I found um, interesting is I, I'd watched highlights of Pavon, but when you watch a YouTube highlight, whatever package, it's usually uh, just attacking kind of stuff, um, usually set to a really awful Soviet era techno track. Um, but uh, <laughs> Yeah, it is. <laughs> but one thing that really impressed me about Pavon's game is actually it's his defensive work. I mean, wingers usually aren't as defensive as he is, and he's really, really good about tracking back. He's got really good straight line speed, and when he was dispossessed, high in the attacking third, he was always the first one to close the player down and try to win the ball back. And I think that that's an invaluable skill. And I think it's going to work, uh, and I'll definitely expand on this point a little bit later, but um, I think that's going to really help the Galaxy in the defensive work that they're going to have to do against LAFC coming up on the weekend. Um, so I, I think, 
you know, good two-way wingers are 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 worth their weight in gold. And I think the Galaxy really did get something very special in Pavon in terms of on that front. And I think that's what we've talked about too with Zlatan being in that nine, because I know a lot of people complain, oh, he's walking or he's just standing there. Um, I know you have, you know, when you and I in, in our group text, we were talking about, well, sometimes a, a nine is going to be doing that in, in that kind of position. And so when you see... Um, Pavon just, like you said, like taking on that defensive work. I mean, he, I feel like that is maybe perhaps like that style of play that he had in Argentina that we're missing, you know, that, that I think that a lot of people kind of call uh, for Zlatan to, to do a little bit more. I mean, you don't really want your nine defending, but, and, and, you know, trying to win balls like that when, you know, he's a striker, like you should be getting balls to him. Um, I think though that, yeah. Well, I'll make the argument that I think Zlatan Ibrahimovic is a number nine of a bygone era, which the number nine was never expected to defend. He was supposed to be the highest player up on the field. Right. And then was just supposed to get themselves into good positions whenever the ball turned over. Now in today's game, which is has been really defined by, for example, um, Jurgen Klopp's, his early Borussia Dortmund teams and now his Liverpool teams, as this complete and total press where even the number nine, every attacking player is expected to do a heavy amount of defensive work to win the ball back as high up as the field as possible. Ibrahimovic was never in teams where that was the case. I mean, even when he was at the season that he had at Barcelona, I mean, he kind of flaunt, flouted the whole entire path, you know, like the, the Tiki Taka style because he's, he's mm-hmm. a six, five dude and he's used to having things lobbed towards him and he just beats every defender in the box and that's his job. Right. So I think, I think a lot of people who, who, criticize Ibrahimovic's defensive output, I think they're looking at an older player in a modern context. And I think, you know, this this shift towards these all, you know, all-encompassing press teams has really only happened in the past five years. And I mean, if you think about Ibrahimovic's career, it's what, about like 15 years long at this point? So I think, you know, it's a it's a minor case of you're not going to teach an old dog new tricks, I think, in, um, in terms of like the Ibrahimovic walking kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But I, I really do appreciate and, and enjoy watching the Galaxy and, you know, definitely them stepping stepping it up. I mean, even Felcher had a good game. I mean, lately he's been kind of struggling back there and, you know, but I really thought that, that he was also uh, getting balls and, and able to defend really well, like just clearing things. Uh, There's a... Make, yeah. There's a mentality about this team, and I, and I was kind of musing about that today as I was I was driving back down to get ready to start recording. There seems to be a, a, a mentality shift that's occurred over the past few weeks, um, and over you know as as I think this team is mentally stronger than it was you know over the past two years. And in terms of just I don't know what the spark was or or, or if they finally Shaloto went to close and just got through into their heads, but it, it there is a mental toughness about this team that I. I, I struggle to remember over the past two seasons where I could say that about Galaxy teams. Mm-hmm. Shall um, we, uh, we go on to the League's Cup? Or do you yeah, to- are we, I was thinking, is Jamie, you got anything else to add about the Seattle game? Or? No, you guys pretty much nailed it. I <laughs> just sat back and enjoyed. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, um, I was going to say, too, uh, about Polenta. I mean, I think I think uh, he's also um, really stepping up. And then our, our subs in the bench, um, Araujo, um, we finally got to see Efrain, uh well, for League's Cup anyway. <laughs> and so, uh, 
yeah. So um, it, it's it's just really nice. I'm I'm really feel like, you know, yes, we have a few games left in, in this season, and I don't want to like you know jump the gun here, but I, I really think that next season is going to also be like very exciting. So everybody, get your season tickets now because we're going to pop the blow up. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> We do take commissions, just if you're listening to LA Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So, yeah, League's Cup was fun. Uh, it was my first time standing and cheering for a whole 90 minutes. Uh, I decided to to join Lars, uh, not just because it was the affordable thing to do, but obviously my friends um, for LA Riot Squad, for and in case there's, like, for some reason, any non-Galaxy listeners right now, so thank you. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, it was uh, it was really really fun, um, but definitely when I got to Dignity Health Sports Park, it uh, it was a an off color blue. <laughs> yeah, the wrong I mean, color blue. That okay. kinda, I, that's that's common about these kind of games, you know. And I think when you talk about like leagues cup, it's the front office has played it as like, a, oh, it's friendly. Just come watch us play League MX teams. But for I mean, I, I was hanging out on Twitter last night because I, uh, I unfortunately was unable to attend the game. And um, they had reporters that were just talking to these Cruz Azul fans. And um, one story caught my eye of this, of, uh, of, I think he moved to the United States when he was like 10. Um, but his family all grew up as Cruz Azul fans. Like there was, you know, generations back. And he's now 58. And he lives in Modesto. And this was like the first time he was ever going to be able to see Cruz Azul in person. And like, oh. so I think those kind of stories are why in these kind of friendlies, we definitely get more uh, fans that are uh, cheering for, you know, the Mexican teams involved rather than, you know, the MLS teams. Also, it, it also is the fact that Liga MX is the most popular league in the United States. Right. Um, and it's not even close in terms of TV numbers, whatever. So I, I always love it when Premier League fans tell me that uh, they're the most popular league in the United States. And I was like, well, you're missing an entire league down south. So, um but yeah, so I, I think it's it, it's that's going to be the reality of these kind of matches, um, and I think it's going to be the case for a, a, a while yet. But I mean, it was it was you know it it was a great kind of event in terms of you know seeing the galaxy, you know, the people that we're not really going to see a lot this season, you know, guys like Coelho, you know, um, heck, I mean David David Romney even, um, and uh, some of the academy kids like Dupuy or Dupuy, it's French of some kind. Um, <laughs> and so I, no, it was, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was kind of, you know, in terms of on the field stuff, I mean, it's just, it, you want your, your teams to play these kind of games in terms of friendly. It's just, you know, to give, to give the Academy kids uh, a chance to look at, you know, a really good team in Liga MX, Liga MX and say, this is the level that you need to attain. This is what you need to work towards. And I, that's a good thing. Well, I think, too, it, it's cool because you've got to think about it in terms of, like, England or whatever. Like, you know, all of those different cups didn't just start overnight, you know, or they did start overnight and took time to build until they were actually tournaments people cared about. Like, this is, it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be, like, uh, CONCACAF Champions League. Like, it's going to take a while before people care. But I think once they have, like, proper qualifying and it actually means something like the winner gets a bid into uh champions league or something like that. But right now, yeah, it means nothing. People don't want to spend the money. It's a midweek game. Good for the Cruz Azul fans that got to see their team play. I wish they had been a little more respectful in our stadium. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, 
I know. Well, this, uh, oh, no, I know we had. A, I know we had a question that was, um, you know, was uh, also the Galaxy played gritty last night. Is this something that will help our young players out in their development? And I think I got partially at that on my first kind of pass about this game. But I want to just add, you know, what was what, the thing that I found incredibly encouraging about the Galaxy's performance, even in the loss, was that there seems to be a the building of a defined style and club ethos of how the galaxy want to go out and play and how they want to look on the field. And in terms of, you know, in these situations, this is how we play in these situations, this is what we do. And I think that's, that's been lacking um, from pretty much every level of the LA galaxy. And I think this is kind of these kind of games where we get to see, you know, the, the, the ones waiting in the wings, this is the game where we get to see DTK's imprint in the club. Because if you remember, he kind of cleared house at every level. I mean, you fired Mike Munoz from Los Dos. He fired the head of the academy, um, fired a few other coaches, and he started hiring guys that he, you know, he had hand-selected. And so I think this is, we're starting to see the fruit of what a unified, concerted effort to build a club ethos is looking like. And it's obviously not finished. I mean, it's been a half year. But I think this is what we're seeing right now, and that's what's really exciting about all of this. I agree. And that was, uh, that question was from Bryant from NAG News, and the other part of it was last night. What do you say? Was the turn was the, up real last turn night? Was the real last night? Or was it a warm up? My friend, last <laughs> night didn't even scratch the surface of what we are going to get at on Sunday. Can't wait. I know. And that's like, it, it's it's worrisome, to be honest. Um, but we knew that, right? Like, we knew that this coming rivalry week, there's a reason that none of us are going to bank, right? <laughs> Um, you know, and, you know, we'll jump into that next, but, um, well, yeah, cause I don't know how to not fight. That's why I can't go. <laughs> Jamie, you were fine last night. You, you, you lost were, a shoe last were, night. I mean, she you? was my bodyguard though. Yeah, I lost, lost a shoe, shoe in the yeah, box. But I'm <laughs> not, not going to fight. But I'm not going to fight Cruz Alzul fans. I don't give two shits about that team. So she's going to pick up her chunk last start beating everybody? No, that's not what happened. <laughs> I can't pick up my chunklas and beat everybody because they were underneath the capo box. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, look, it was intense. It, it was interesting to be there, and you did feel this, like, LAFC-level hate. <laughs> Not just because there was one of the dudes in the, in the audience, but... Um, I mean, Lakes, I mean yeah. the only thing I can really say about the Lakes Cup is, yeah, it was a nice jaunt. The fun, the first game was fun to win. Like, yeah, that was exciting. But, like, you know, honestly, at the end of the day, you know, this really Yeah, our focus is the we'll season yeah. here. And yeah, exactly. Not just making playoffs. Like, I really think that we can make a run for it. Um, I, I know what everybody's been saying, you know, the criticism and everything. But this is this is what we're here for. This is what we fight for. This is what you go for every, every time, you know, and what I do appreciate about the, the Leagues Cup was, um, yeah, the level of play, pushing our guys, that development, um, especially of our younger players, and like I said, I, I watched them step it up last night. They they almost had it level, and so, and actually, if the, if, the, if the Galaxy had just taken shots way earlier or made those really late shots, like, we, we could have actually won that. To be honest, and, the, and and Cruz also brought their A team against our like essentially C team. Exactly. We, yeah. Can we discuss how all three goals were absolute bangers? Yeah. <laughs> like bangers only. It was impressive. 
It really was. Um, I mean, Cuello's go goal was, you know, his first one with a Galaxy shirt on, and it's like, it, it was, it was, it was beautiful. Coelho was a really False. interesting. False. He oh. also scored an open cup. He only oh, scores in cup you're games. Right. Perfect. We have a cup assassin. Great. Well, then you know the galaxy needed to update that, and I was at that cup game. I, I don't know how I missed that, but yeah, that's right because he so he celebrated his goal with the team. Um, okay. The thing about Coelho that's very interesting to me um, is that DT or uh, sorry, Shaloto uh, seems really high about the kid. Like he's he's putting him in positions where he's obviously challenging him, but like you know he's. He, He's still on the fringes of this of this team, like on the bench consistently, stuff like that. I wonder. I mean, there's there's got to be something that GBS sees in him moving forward that he's going to want to try and, and and drag out of him. So I think he's going to be one to keep an eye on in terms of just you know future Galaxy players. He might you know he might be one of those those gems you get from the draft every you know five ten years in MLS. I mean, he's definitely a rookie. That's the other thing we have to give him. You know. Um... Not that it's an excuse or anything, because Efrain's a, a rookie too. But like, he's—I think that's also why. Like, you're seeing at first, you—I mean, the game was sloppy, um, the play was sloppy. I mean, he didn't look good otherwise. And you know, um, and I don't I hope that this isn't jumping ahead. But um, David O for Fight Everyone had said. Uh, you know, whether it's bad play or bad luck, Jurgen has been a big liability this season with stairs out on Friday. You know, what we prefer a back line to look at. But the second part of the tweet and why I'm getting into this is because you had mentioned about the position in which they play. Uh, for the record, I I think he meant wouldn't mind uh, Polenta, Pipo, Felcher, Araujo. But I'm saying, like, playing these guys um, in the positions or even out of their positions, um, I don't mind seeing them play out of their positions as long as it's not going to have, like, an effect where... And I'm thinking when I when I saw that, Jill Ellis, when she would put players out of position and, you know, it sometimes wouldn't work. Um, your guys' thoughts? Well, Polenta played a fair amount of left back in his time in Uruguay. He's, he's, he can do, he can do both. Um, I see, I, I was kind of writing it out, just kind of doing a, a just a quick doodle on what I think our starting line is going to be come Sunday. And I still run Shkelvik out there because I think Polenta has, a bit of a liability factor at that left back position and that Polenta, when he comes out of the center of defense in order to play the ball forward, um, he kind of goes for high risk passes in terms of a way that is dangerous, but because he's in the center of defense, Jonathan DeSantos can drop back enough so that Polenta can still scramble back and to get in position to where he can defend effectively. I think if he does those high risk passes as far up as the field, as I think the wingbacks are kind of being demanded to play in Shaloda's system, then he's kind of burned, and you know, I I don't think people is the fastest necessarily to cover in that space. I think Shkelvik at least has some defensive awareness to the point where he can cover those spaces and allows Polenta to kind of use his physicality and his ability to, you know, just you know dominate the center of the defense uh, at the at the height of uh, of its of uh, um, of his ability. The thing I will say though is Polenta started at left back against LAFC in that first game, and he was kind of dominating that side of the field. I don't know if that's necessarily going to be case be the case this time. However, also, you now have a defensive winger in Pavon, which is what they kind of why they put Araujo into the midfield in that first time around because I think what they were thinking was, well, it can switch from you know like a four three three into almost a five three two really quickly because Araujo can just get back as soon as quickly as possible when 
we get when we tra- uh, transition the ball over where LAFC is so good because LAFC kills you in those moments of transition where all of a sudden they're on the ball and then there's three passes and they're already in your box. So I think having Araujo in the midfield was a plan to kind of slow them down a little bit so that everyone could reset into defensive position. So I think in terms of the 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 four that he gave us, which was Polento, People, Felcher, and Araujo, if there was one person I'd say is going to be playing, or if Felcher's not playing it right back, then I think Araujo would be in there to kind of offer that same exact plan of attack. I would say with Steras out, there's not a world we live in where you do not see Giancarlo and Polenta as the center back pairing. There's no way in hell Polenta's playing left back and you're not moving Felcher or Shelvick inside. Felcher played a pretty good, you know, 45 minutes of center def- or at center back when we went down to 10 against Seattle before, um, uh, before Gonzalez got subbed on. Right. But like, let's be real. This isn't Seattle. That is true. This this is Diego Rossi and and um, and Carlos well, Vela coming out. Zimmerman here. Zimmerman's missing that game, right? No, he's missing no, this game tonight. Zimmerman oh, missed tonight. tonight. Okay, I, I think, forgot about that too. <laughs> I think the only question you see is whether it's Shelvick or Romney on the left, and I wouldn't be shocked if it's Shelvick. Um, Romney went ninety last night, did he not? He went ninety last night, and also I just out of all of your defenders. Shelvick is unfortunately the fastest. Yeah, I agree. He, he's got the speed, and if you're having those guys attacking that side, you're going to want the speed over, you know, Polenta, who did do well last time, but he put himself in some really shady situations that were very questionable, could have been cards, could have been reds, could have been out of the game. Yeah. Polenta. He, yeah, but just still, not, yeah, that's that's Polenta's game though. He's 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 an all or nothing kind of guy. But if you're asking him to track back against two guys that are f- very much faster than him, yeah. that's when he has to make those dangerous tackles. And I think in their home stadium, that's not something you want your defense having to do because you know, especially with the last call, that the refs don't give a crap about our team. They're not yeah. going to protect us. They're going to you know, make every single ticky tacky call against us because it's LAFC. Right. Well, that said, um, let's, I, I want to get one more piece of correspondence before we, yeah, do it. We, yeah. We really dive into, uh, the, the, uh, the LAFC game, which is, uh, I was going to say, and predictions. Like, at, I, at <laughs> I got, I got it written. <laughs> at Galaxy Fed 96, uh, asks, will the G's lose a single game during the remainder of the season? And no. I kind of I wrote out a paragraph and I said we're most likely going to lose at least one game during the remainder of the season. Oh, you think so? I don't know that we can afford West, to. To be honest West, with you, the West is cannibalizing itself aggressively as it does every season. We have a trip to RSL. RSL has been the best team in the second half of the season, arguably. I mean, defensively, we're so liable that we'll drop probably one or two more games. But I think the Galaxy are in a position that they're going to have at least a run in this playoffs. They'll make the playoffs. But I think it most likely and. If you look at the stats around this league, um, games are skewed towards home results. Just the way, like, the way MLS is, the way that you travel, if you run the numbers, pretty much it's like a 70% chance the home team wins every time. So we'll probably drop at least mm. one game, I would think. I'm going bold. I'm saying we do not lose another game this season. We finally figure out how to draw, and we <laughs> win or draw everything. And we we're, we got to catch a statistical – well, if you run the statistics – again, if you run the statistics <laughs> – 
regression to the mean would mean that we're going to draw a little bit more. <laughs> it took yeah. us this long, man. It took us this long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, I'd love, I'd love it. Um, as long as the galaxy don't Im implode and like, you know, keep doing these own goal businesses. <laughs> that was such a fluke of an own goal. I, yes. But even in Atlanta though. Yeah. Um, well, Atlanta, I think those two own goals, I think those were, those were own goals where it's either that thing goes flying over the crossbar and you get a corner out of it, or the attacker on one of those two defenders is going to jump in and score that. It's, I mean, those were, those were kind of suicide balls, no matter what, you know? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that, um, I don't want to see us lose, you know, and I don't want to lose, um, not just because I'm a fan, but like, look at it in the West over here. Like we have to, um, so I want to say, based on what I've seen against Seattle, um, I'm satisfied enough to say that we look playoff ready and that, yeah, we yeah we draw and we win. Well, let's get in. I want to get into this LAFC match because I think it is a tactically very interesting kind of affair between these two teams. Um, okay. I think in LAFC we 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 have a very defined style of play from them. They live from they harry you. It's they harry you into moments of transition in unfavorable areas and then immediately three passes and Carlos Vela's in on goal. That's kind of the way that they've done things. But the Galaxy did so incredibly well against them. The last time was basically every single moment in transition, they gummed up the midfield so that they couldn't pass through and forced the wingbacks to take a little bit more of the effort. And I don't think LAFC's wingbacks are as good as the rest of the team. I mean, Beta Shore, he was, he was pretty good in Toronto, but he's starting to age out. And Jordan Harvey was serviceable at Vancouver, but serviceable at Vancouver's level is not necessarily the greatest thing in the world, considering the absolute tumultuous turmoil that has been Vancouver's time in MLS. Hey, um, Vancouver beat LAFC. That is true. That's also what I was thinking, you know. Um, it's one of the and, and, of the year. And the first, like, half of their season, like, let's be honest, like, the, the refs called in their favor, which, by the way, you know who's refing um, tomorrow night. Yeah. And they hate us and Zlatan. So I expect it to be a really physical game. Yeah. But that, I honestly, I honestly don't think LAFC wants it to be physical. I think the Galaxy got physical with them on the last one and kind of, I wouldn't say got away with it, but it really rattled their mind. No, it really rattled the head. And if, look, I have this thing that I'm starting to think is, is I don't think LAFC is as mentally strong as everyone says they are because yeah, I don't think so. Either. If you look at the comments that Mark Anthony K came out with, which he's like, oh yeah, they're losing. Oh their my god! Oh my god! And we're kicking them out of LA. It was like you, you know, like it's I'm like in LA like, that we barely even yeah. like holding on to. Come on, get out yeah, of here! It's like go back to Carlos what Vela talking about. Carlos Vela keeps mentioning the galaxy and stuff like that. I mean, I understand it's a revelry and you want to you want to kind of get your and it's you're heading to your home state and you want to get your fans up and up and up as much as possible but at some point that becomes an obsession and that leads to mistakes because you desperately yeah. want to do things and so i think you know if, I, if i'm Bob bradley i'm going into there and just being like just talk about it like it's a normal game just really like imagine we're playing colorado just be like oh yeah, yeah we'll go out there we'll put a good effort and we, we you know we expect three points like that's all you need to really say and so i think this constant beating of the drum of, oh, you know, like, oh, the galaxy, oh, the galaxy, oh, the galaxy. I think that's, I think that's going to come back to bite them. I think it's, that's a, I mean, it, it's kind of a serious concern if you're an LAFC fan that, like, guys, like, it's, this isn't the be-all, end-all here. Yeah, it's like they have a one-track mind. I mean, they're out there with, what, 52 points right now. 
completely running away with the supporter shield. And yet the only thing their players can, and their coach and their fans can ever talk about is LA galaxy. I mean, they're on, they're on track to pretty much not just break, but single-handedly destroy every single season record that has ever been set in MLS. And who's ever holding the cup obviously did beat everyone and win. That's the point of the cup. Yeah. So whatever. <laughs> I think, I mean, look, Mark Anthony K can hold the cup, but if he doesn't beat us, it doesn't matter. I, I completely agree. And I think, I, think I know Sunday one day follows. it's inevitable, you know, like we're going to lose to them, but I don't feel like it's tomorrow. Bullshit. I'm sorry, I'm ne- tomorrow, Sunday. <laughs> I refuse to accept that mentality. It is absolutely impossible for them to ever beat us. <laughs> but knock on wood because like <laughs> look remember when FC Dallas started JB, I'm gonna be honest you are wrong <laughs> but no, look, look FC Dallas started cheering like you can't beat us and then guess what we beat them so I'm, <laughs> I'm living in a Chris Seller positivity zone right now <laughs> <laughs> shout out Seller I think Seller. I mean Sunday it's, I, the way these two teams line up in terms of the tactics I mean GBS who played I'm 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 trying to define GBS's system because I mean he's he's kind of been forced to change it around a little bit considering all the injuries that the Galaxy have sustained. I mean, just he hasn't really had a chance to pick a consistent starting eleven. But I think what GBS is trying to do is play a really high counterattacking game where he you know if you look at the two wingers he's brought in on Tuna and Pablo and they're really smart wingers that know when to turn and get on a uh, defender's shoulder and beat them over the top with either a long ball or well-played, you know, quick interchange passing sequence when Fabio Alvarez feeds out to the wings. So I think that, I think LAFC doesn't like possession. And I think if the Galaxy do this right and really break through the lines quickly, I think the Galaxy are going to get their fair share of opportunities and their fair share of, 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 of pretty good, you know, high percentage chances. So I'm, I'm positive that the Galaxy will probably at least get a goal or two over there. I'm just not sure defensively how many the Galaxy are going to concede. So my prediction I have is 4-3, and Pavon will get his late goal. Ooh, a lot of goals. And <laughs> I want my 4-3 again. Poetry. <laughs> I hadn't really thought of a prediction. You know, I'm going to go. I Chap- don't think. Oof. Chapman is referee. Galaxy defensively not great, but Pavon. I mean, Pavon really is going to be the critical guy in this game because I think Pavon's skill set really is going to lay bare a lot of the deficiencies that LAFC has. <sighs> Chapman and Chapman as a ref, which means some stupid foul. I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. I think it's going to be a 1-1 one, one draw. I think it's going to be a cagey... I think it's going to be a really cagey physical 1-1 one, one draw. I think... Oof. I want the win. I want to win there. I don't think we win there. I think we draw. But I think we score more than one. I think it's a two-two. They're gonna go up early, as they, as they always do. As okay, every, yeah, because here's what but I was honestly, say. As every I don't want the galaxy. Does. No, but I, yeah, because I don't want the galaxy to go to go score first because statistically we don't do well that way. And score too early too. And the way LAFC plays, they're built to score first. Just they don't they don't take any time to settle in because by the very nature of their game, they don't have to establish you know like passing lines and try to figure out how to beat a defense because of the way that they get the ball in transition. So, Do we think Perry Kitchen starts? Uh, no, because no. That, would, that would mean Legette doesn't start, and I think Legette's played too many, two or three too many good games to and have Perry come in. I think Perry Kitchen is pelvis better. okay? I think so. Okay. 
I think he's the better option because you want to play a more defensive style. So add more teeth in the, into the center of the defensive midfielder and midfield and whenever, and all, whenever and, that ball turns out, turns over in transition, Perry Kitchens run on top of them. And all I wanted last game was for Perry Kitchens to just fuck them up in the midfield. And of course, you know, he had to get injured right before that game. True. Um, I definitely want to make sure that everybody stays healthy playing. I mean, look, that's why we didn't play Pavon and Zlatan in League's Cup. You know, um, I know LAFC, we also have to treat it like it's like it's another game. I don't want to just, I mean, yes, of course, I want to beat them. But I think um, we also got to, you know, we got a whole, let's say, playoff season, you know, to think about, too. Also, for what it's worth, you know, I mean, their career lengths have have been very different. Of course, GBS is just starting his coaching career and, and, and Bradley's been around the block. I think GBS is a bit of a smarter coach than Bob Bradley is. And I think we, we're not giving GBS enough credit for being a really, really just smart coach. Mm-hmm. Well, he has MLS experience. I mean... Well, no, not coaching in MLS. This is his first... He coached at... Uh, I can't remember where he, he No, because he, uh, he coached in Argentina at Lanús and then got the Boca okay. job. And then... Um, then he got the Galaxy job after leaving after the uh, Copa Libertadores uh, this past season. Okay, I apologize, guys, for my my brain loop. Uh, <laughs> I'm fighting off a cold and things are going on, but it's okay. <laughs> um, okay, I just feel like I entered the Twilight Zone for some reason. All right. Uh, speaking speaking of then. Um, I'm just looking at looking at our lineup, our roster of, of guys. There is, that, there is one know, quick wrinkle I also want to add. Yeah, with no, LAFC yeah. is that they just signed two new players, Brian Rodriguez from Uruguay, who's uh, who's been compared to Diego Rossi in terms of talent. He has not made an appearance just yet. I'm not sure that he will, considering the way that LAFC is playing right now. They probably don't want to do too much squad rotation. You want to keep the energy going. They also signed a defender in uh, Diego Palacios, um, who is Ecuadorian. He was last uh, on loan in uh, the Netherlands at Willem II uh, or Willem II. I don't know how to properly pronounce or say that. Um, he played 27 games in that league. So they do. They did bring in two pretty talented players, and um, we could see them maybe making their debuts in this game. But I, it would be a risky maneuver. Um, from Bob Bradley, but I so I don't expect it to happen. But just kind of if you if those two names pop up on the uh, on the team sheet, uh, I just so people will not be surprised. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at at who our subs could be. You know, um, definitely. Honestly, don't want to see Carrasco. I understand, like you know, when I don't know if it's just when Shaloto feels comfortable like we're like the win is kind of in the bag they kind of bring him on well, with um, how many minutes corona went last night i would assume corona is probably going to start from the bench i don't think he's going to start in the starting 11 uh, yeah i didn't think so either and then i think i mean obviously pontius will probably be there carrasco always is on the bench mm-hmm. um i mean efron alvarez will obviously be there um you know i, I think it'll be interesting to see if uh if kitchen doesn't pass fit for that Mm-hmm. And then, and, and then, do we and then see maybe, Romney. Well, well, then the question becomes: Is if Araujo? Well, obviously, if Araujo doesn't start, he'll be on the bench. But mm-hmm. if Araujo starts, is it going to be Romney or Traore? And I think it would be most likely Romney. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, it's got to be Romney. The Swiss Army Knife of Valley Galaxy Defenders. It's got to be Romney. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't think Troy is not even a thought anymore. Which is kind of a bummer because he did look pretty promising. I know, he did. I think he just needs a lot more time. Needs another year at Los Dos, probably, or something like that. Uh, yeah, I don't think he was ready for taking on the load that he had to kind of early on. Um, Which was kind of for it. I think Troy was kind of forced into that role considering injuries and, and suspensions. Exactly. And and I think he handled it pretty well. I th- I, but I agree with you. I think maybe another year of finishing, and he'll be, he'll be in a better, much better place come next season. Yeah, and uh, as long as he doesn't wait past like, well, we'll see how it goes. But sixtieth minute, like, start subbing. You know, get some fresh legs. Yeah, that was the thing. Uh, the, the thing that I, I kind of, I was harping on 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 uh, Saturday night to a few people that were standing around uh, in one twenty one. I was like, Shalito does know he can you know, go to the subs bench, especially when, <laughs> yeah. when you've got 10, you've been, you've been playing with 10 men for 60, 70 minutes. Like these guys are gassed. You need to get someone in there. <laughs> no, never. Oh man, but it's going to be exciting. I'm, I'm going to be at, uh, the diggity watching at the viewing party. I know of all the places that I could be and go to, I'm going to carpool uh, with my friend, Joe. We will, uh, we will be in San Diego somewhere. So. Likely, Toma. Likely. <laughs> Shout out to Toma Soul if you're ever in San Diego. Come check it out. It's really awesome. They have really good beer. <laughs> nice. I expect, I accept, uh, I accept uh, commission, Steve. I was going to say, hey, who wants to sponsor us? <laughs> they have excellent bartenders as well. Yes. Sweet. Any other final thoughts, questions, comments, concerns? I think we hit everything possible. It's just... It, everyone strap in for Sunday. It's going to be yeah. It's going to be a high intensity ninety minutes. It, it really is, and then we got to watch what everybody else is doing too. It's true. In the it's West. it's oh, now yeah. it's now the time of having the phone or the laptop out at all times, watching a game, tracking yep. results. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I know like people didn't want to say it, but they've got to. We we want San Jose to lose. Uh, yes, that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, worst I'm, case scenario, a draw. Worst case scenario, meteor hits the stadium and we all go home happy. But that's <laughs> best case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I just I just thinking of Final Fantasy VII reference. If anybody remembers that, yes. like, Sephiroth was like a meteor. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, you guys. Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure to have you on. We're definitely got recordings actually set now um, for next week. Um, we're going to August 27th post uh, El Trafico with Delmi. Everybody else. In case I'm so know. excited. Yeah. So uh, thank you guys. Stay and then, tuned. And then are we maybe doing something in Seattle? Because we're all going to be there. Oh, that's right. Yes. And then, yeah, we're going up to Seattle. So we might do a, might do a, a semi-live show, probably, maybe. Yeah, we're, we're, we're working on that. We're getting that together, too. We'll definitely have content uh, for that. Which, speaking of content, um, I do have a YouTube channel now, you guys. You just look up Michelle Hutink um, for Simply Soccer. And um, my Facebook, my Instagram, uh, Hutink Michelle, H-U-I-T-I-N-K-M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E. Yeah, you can find the links there. And, yeah, thank you guys so much for supporting. And shout out to First to Five. Yeah, Yeah. shout out our friend and uh, tell you guys to subscribe to their YouTube channel as well. You can see Jamie having some fun. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) LA Riot Squad, uh, they played Flip Cup. And if you guys don't know what that is, go check it out. And uh, they've also got Dining at the Diggity, which I really, uh, I've been a part of. And I know we're all going to be getting on 
Um, in fact, yeah, Jamie went into the speakeasy. I have yet to do my dining at the Dignity or Diggity. <laughs> I, I, I want to know what I'm going to do. <laughs> I got to think of it. Yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk. I'll get you in a group chat with Alex. We'll I'll get do like a beer. I'll, I'll do like a beer tasting or something. That's wide <laughs> up my alley. <laughs> well, I did the mezcal tasting, so. <laughs> I got the beer with that covered. Um, yeah. <laughs> For you guys, all the content that we can. I mean, there's so much stuff that we've got in the works and collaborating and, and planning. And I just can't even tell you yet but just stay tuned and thanks so much for your guys support um i know we were half kidding with the venmo um you know but thanks nothing, nothing's ever nothing's ever a full joke people <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget this sunday before you guys uh head out to wherever you're watching the game turn on your tvs turn on the bar tvs to espn news at noon let's get the ratings up for nwsl it's Good matchup, too. It's Portland versus Chicago. So if you're looking for your favorites, you're going to get Tobin Heath, Lindsey Horan, Julie Ertz, um, Mo Bryan, Alyssa Nair. Yeah, I know should, there's more. I can't think phenomenal. of them. Right I mean, it, it the Victory Tour is going match. on, too. Yeah, and Victory Tour is going to be going on, like, you guys. And like, also, get, get Orlando it. is up on Chicago right now. And I was just shocking. checking. Yeah. MLS. Yeah. No, they, it's Chicago, NWSL. I've NWSL. been watching it this whole time. Mm. And that's why I kept zoning out. Yeah, <laughs> Chicago, um, they lost to Sky. Yes. But that was, I think, in terms of that match, like, I mean, that was such an emotional moment for Sky Blue going to Red amazing. Bull Arena and playing in front of that crowd. I, 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 I firmly believe in kind of destiny matches where, like, not that a team deserves to win, but, like, the moment is so set up that a team, there's no option but to win and i think that was the case in that and on this weekend absolutely absolutely mm-hmm. well galaxy fans stay safe out there if you're going to the bank uh yeah, shout out shout out to the road warriors who are going be loud be proud wear white don't wear camo because that's gimmicky and stupid yeah and uh no fucking fighting Damn. no fucking fighting <laughs> oh all right um, Love you guys. Love you too. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. Yeah. Later. Bye.